And so the work starts. The artisans, the craftsmen, they are actually beginning to carry out the detailed instructions of the Lord, which Moses had received on the mountain. So we have a long section now about the tabernacle being built exactly how Moses had um, instructed them which the Lord had instructed him. It goes through the curtains, the coverings, the frameworks of the boards and the poles. They make the veil with its pillars, the screen with its pillars. We can go back to the chapters to read exactly the description. And you know, you might say, why would they want to repeat it ex with all the description, all the details as Moses had received it? Well, that's just to show that they obeyed to the T. Now, when God fills a tabernacle, it's because they have done exactly as he has instructed and lets you know that they really, really were in on this thing, on this project. And Moses, who was overseeing everything, did what the Lord commanded. Oh, it talks about all the items that are going to be in the holy place and in the most holy place. The Ark of the Covenant, right? Every detail is being made and um, Bezalel is overseeing the work. He is doing what is necessary. Then they make the table of showbread and the gold lampstand and the altar of incense and the anointing oil and the incense, exactly how Moses had described in the instructions from the Lord on the mountain. Moving over to 38. Now the attention is turned from all the utensils and the items and the articles for inside of the tent to the outer court. And this includes the making of the altar of burnt offering and the bronze laver. Something interesting about the bronze laver, verse eight says, he made the laver of bronze and its base of bronze from the bronze mirrors of the serving woman who assembled at the door of the tabernacle of meeting. So the woman who came to serve in the construction of the tabernacle, they brought their mirrors and their mirrors were bronze in those days, right? And so they take their mirrors, which they would use for their own personal appearance, and from the mirrors fa is fashioned a laver, a washing place. So they make a sacrifice so that the work of God continues. It describes the making of the court of the tabernacle with its pillars, its linen curtains. Let me read to you in verses 21 to 31, which gives you an inventory of the materials of the tabernacle that were made. This is the inventory of the tabernacle, the tabernacle of the testimony, which was counted according to the commandment of Moses, who's overseeing the project, for the service of the Levites by the hand of Ithamar. This is one of Aaron's sons. Bezalel, the son of Uri, the son of Hur, and the tribe of Judah, made all the Lord had commanded Moses. And with him, Aholiab, the son of Ahisama, of the tribe of Dan, an engraver and designer, a weaver of blue, purple, and scarlet thread, and of fine linen. There are theologians who make an estimation of how much this tabernacle would have cost in modern day currency, and it would have been more than $13 million, okay? The combined weight of all of the silver, the gold, and the bronze that was used in this construction would have been more than nine tons. This was a, a large project to manage. Lots of resources were needed and uh, there had to be great care given to everything that was used. So I'm continuing on. 
Uh, verse 24, all the gold that was used in all the work of the holy place, that is the gold of the offering, was 29 talents and 730 shekels according to the shekel of the sanctuary. That means about 2,000 pounds of gold was used. And he continues on explaining how much of each item would use, was used. This is just good stewardship of the tabernacle offerings, making sure everything was used, itemizing everything, nothing was wasted, and everything was put in its right place. And as we move over to chapter 39, now we talk about the garments of the priesthood. So verse 1 says, Of the blue and the purple and scarlet thread, they made garments of ministry for ministering in the holy place and made the holy garments for Aaron as the Lord had commanded Moses. So they make the ephod and the breastplate and the other priestly garments um, for the sons of Aaron to wear. So as they made all of this, now the work is completed. I want to read to you from verse 32. Thus all the work of the tabernacle of the tent of meeting was finished. And the children of Israel did according to all that the Lord had commanded Moses. So they did. And they brought the tabernacle to Moses, the tent and all its furnishings, its clasps and its boards, its bars, its pillars and its sockets, the covering of ram skins dyed red, the covering of badger skins and the veil of the covering, the ark of the testimony with its poles and the mercy seat, the table and all its utensils and the showbread, the pure gold lampstand with its lamps, the lamps set in order and its utensils and the oil for light, the gold altar, the anointing oil and the sweet incense, the screen for the tabernacle door, the bronze altar, its grate of bronze, its poles and all its utensils, the laver with its base, the hangings of the court, its pillars and its sockets, the screen for the court gate, its cords and its pegs, the, all the utensils for the service of the tabernacle for the tent of meeting, and the garments of ministry to minister in the holy place the holy garments for Aaron the priest and his son's garments to minister as priests. According to all that the Lord had commanded Moses, so the children of Israel did all the work. The Mo then Moses looked over all the work, and indeed they had done it, as the Lord had commanded. Just so they had done it, and Moses blessed them. From instructions to offering free will, willing offering, to offering of service and talents, to the construction according to the exact blueprint of the Lord to this place. They bring everything. And Moses inspects it as the leader who received it from the hand of God. And he says, yes, they have done it just as God has, has instructed. And he blesses them. Moses held the pattern directly from God. And so the work of the people needed Moses's blessing. He supervised, he didn't do all the work, he supervised. But every person who had the anointing of the Spirit for this work did exactly as was commanded. I think that's just a great victory right there for the children of Israel. So we move into chapter 40, our final chapter of this session of the book as well. Now the Lord spoke to Moses saying, on the first day of the first month, you shall set up the tabernacle of the tent of meeting. Israel has been out of Egypt for about a year. All right. So a lot has happened in this year. 
And God continues in verse three, you shall put in it the ark of the testimony, partition off the ark with the veil. You shall bring in the table and arrange the things that are be set in order on it. And you shall bring in the lampstand and light its lamps. You shall also set the altar of gold for the incense before the ark of the testimony and put up the screen for the door of the tabernacle. Then you shall set the altar of the burnt offering before the door of the tabernacle of the tent of the meeting. And you shall set the laver between the tabernacle of meeting and the altar and put water in it. You shall set up the court all around and hang up the screen at the court gate and you shall take the anointing oil and anoint the tabernacle and all that is in it and you shall hallow it and all its utensils and it shall be holy you shall anoint the altar of the burnt offering and all its utensils and consecrate the altar the altar shall be most holy and you shall anoint the laver and its base and consecrate it then you shall bring Aaron and his sons to the door of the tabernacle of meeting and wash them with water you shall put on you shall put the holy garments on Aaron and anoint him and consecrate him that he may minister to me as priest. And you shall bring his sons and clothe them with tunics. You shall anoint them as you anointed their father, that they may minister to me as priests. For their anointing shall surely be an everlasting priesthood throughout their generations. Thus Moses did according to all the Lord had commanded him. So he did. And it came to pass in the first month of the second year on the first day of the month that the tabernacle was raised up. In God giving this description or th these instructions to Moses, it is like God's seal of approval also on the work that has been done. And he gives Moses the step-by-step the -step way of it, constructing it from the most holy place all the way out to the courtyard, and then with the consecration of the Levites and Aaron. Wow, you know, as I read this, I can't help read it with wonder, with awe, and with reverence at what God has done to make a way for him to be in the presence of his people, knowing that we sin, knowing that we rebel, knowing that they would turn their backs on him many different times. But he wants to be where his people are, and, so, and he creates this way so that he can be there without it killing them. And that is so powerful. So the, temp the tabernacle has been constructed and now it is being raised. So through the next series of verses, we see the tent goes up, the Ark of the Covenant is set in its most holy place, so the veil is set in place and the table of showbread is put in the holy place and the lampstand is put in the holy place and the golden altar of incense is put in the holy place. Then the screen is hung at the entrance of the tabernacle and then the brazen altar is put in its place and the labor for washing is put between the altar and the tent and the outer court is set up. And when all of this is fully assembled, we see, well, God knows that this is an earthly model of a heavenly reality. And there are different parts in the scripture later on, you'll see even in Revelation that talks about the various items that were in this, this tabernacle that are actually in the throne room of God. So let's, let's see what happens. The tent is erected. Everything is in its place. And we read in verse 34, Then the cloud covered the tabernacle of meeting, and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. And Moses was not able to enter the tabernacle of meeting because the cloud rested above it. And the glory of the Lord filled 
the tabernacle. Oh, it finally happens. The glory of the Lord fills a place that was created for him. Whenever the cloud was taken up from above the tabernacle, the children of Israel would go onward in all their journeys. But if the cloud was not taken up, then they did not journey till the day that it was taken up. For the cloud of the Lord was above the tabernacle by day, and a fire was over it by night, and in the sight of all the house of Israel throughout all their journeys. The Lord's presence was in this tabernacle. And that is how God led Israel. His presence was with Israel and he would continue to lead them along their journey to the promised land where he promised to give them. Now, this, this beautiful tabernacle, there are different estimations, but it was roughly between six and seven months to construct it. In the instructions that God gives to Moses, he does not talk about a time frame. He only talks about the blueprint. He was more concerned about it being done exactly how he wanted it to be done rather than them rushing to do it within a certain time. And as we get to the end of the book of Exodus, we see that the glory of the Lord has filled the tabernacle. He is in the midst of his people dwelling with them. And so we see there's such a great hope, a great hope, a, a great expectation of trust in God. Exodus starts off with, with, their, um, with slavery and it ends off with the people in freedom with God in their midst. God has triumphed and they are in a place of victory. Even though they're in, in the middle of a, a desert, in a wilderness, they still have God with them. Even though they have enemies who are going to come up against them, they have God with them. Even though they rebel against God and they sin, they have God with them. And I believe like that should encourage us. We are not perfect. There are challenges in this world, but God has promised to be with us and never leave us. God is living among his people and he has become the focus of everything. So as we wrap up, this section, this session, this book of Exodus, I pray that you would have been encouraged in your faith and you would see that God works through ordinary people to do extraordinary things. And what makes the difference is his presence. Some of the main themes that we see in this section, but also in the entire book, number one is God's presence, that he desires to dwell with his people, to be with his people, with his protection, his provision, and his holiness, to transform them into the people that he knows that they can be. We also see the theme of holiness, okay? God is holy, absolutely pure, absolutely right, and we are not. And so he creates in the Old Testament a system of worship of how the people could approach God, how they could atone for their sin, and how God could approach them. And he sets that up um, as a foreshadow of what would happen through Jesus. We need a way into the presence of God because God is completely holy. He is pure, and we are not. So through the sacrificial offering of the animals that were slaughtered, and then the New Testament through Jesus, who's the final sacrifice, we have a way to be in the presence of a holy God. Connecting with that is the theme of obedience. 
When God gives the instructions, listen, you have to follow them to a T. He did that for Moses. And then we see what happens when the children disobey what God does. But we also see what happens when they follow God's instructions, where his presence fills the tabernacle with his stamp of approval. And so obedience to God's word, obedience to God's prompting and his leading is important. But those who were filled with the Holy Spirit, as they were obedient to the Holy Spirit's leading, they were able to create what God had asked for. So in our own lives, we need to be obedient so we will produce what God has asked for from our lives. And we also see the theme of covenant. God did not wipe out Israel, did not forget about them because of the covenant that he made with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He is faithful to his word. He is a covenant keeping God. And because of that, we are able to depend upon his word. Lastly, we see this theme of atonement. The only how we are cleansed of our sins is through the shedding of blood. In Moses's time, that include bulls and rams and sheep. And then we see with Jesus as a final sacrifice. He, through him, we are cleansed of our sin. And so this is a theme that is heavy in the book of Exodus. This book has taken us from slavery in Egypt, the Israelites under the hand, the oppressive hand of Pharaoh, to a deliverer being raised up, being sent to, to Pharaoh in the person of Moses, to the 10 plagues where Pharaoh refuses to let the people go. His heart is hardened. And so God shows his hand, shows his power. And then we go to the Exodus where the people are finally let go, but there is a transfer of wealth and they leave wealthy. Then we go to the Red Sea where they have the water before them and Pharaoh behind them and God parts the Red Sea. They go through on dry ground. The Red Sea closes on Pharaoh's chariots and his warriors. Then they go through the journey. There is murmuring. There is complaining. Bitter waters become sweet. They're hungry. They get quail and manna from heaven. They win their first battle with Amalek, Joshua leading them, and Moses having his hands held high with Aaron and her holding them up. Then we see Jethro and his administrative leadership advice, the set captains and leaders over the different people. We see Moses going to God in the mountain, people being prepared to meet with God, Moses receiving the Ten Commandments and the moral law. Then instructions for the tabernacle. We go to the golden calf where the people uh, want a God to lead them after Moses has been away for 40 days and 40 nights and 3,000 are slain because of their disobedience. Then we go to Moses receiving the Ten Commandments again, all of the instructions that are needed for the tabernacle. Then we see the people give a willing offering. They offer their, their talents. They offer their possessions. They offer themselves. The tabernacle is being built is being built to the, the exact specification that God had given to them. We see the priestly garments being made. Then the tabernacle is erected and the tabernacle is filled with the glory of God as God dwells in the midst of his people. Israel is really taking shape. 
They are receiving the infrastructure, the systems that are needed, the laws, the worship, rules to be the people of God. And as we prepare to go to the next book, Leviticus, we're going to continue along this train of being prepared and learning how to live holy because they are to be holy as God is holy. So I thank you for staying with me for this session, walking with me through the book of Exodus. I pray that the Lord have enlightened your heart, you know, seen something a little differently, that it would even kindle your own curiosity to do your own research and get to know the God who was with Moses and the children of Israel, because he is the same God today. So as you go, I bless you. And I encourage you to stay with us on the journey as we take this revelatory walk through the scriptures. Invite someone else <laughs> along with you. You know, make a study of it. We're always trying to read the Bible and sometimes you just need the accountability and you need the community. And here we are for you. Send us your prayers, your questions, your comments, and let us know how we can partner with you as you endeavor to know God more. And of course, we, we, we ask for your prayers, your support, your financial gifts to continue to make this project a reality. All right, so the Lord bless you and the Lord keep you. And as you go, remember, always remember, there is victory in the word. Have a wonderful week. Yes.